Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Anne Sari and Conchetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips, and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Welcome back, and hello to all of you heart-centered listeners. Thank you once again for tuning your hearts in for another episode of this podcast. I'm thrilled to present my featured guest today, Deb Shell. Deb is the founder of Find Calm Here, a community offering mindful resources for those seeking to find calm through creating their ideal lifestyle. With the experiences and practices that Deb's found to have helped her, she helps others incorporate a sense of peace through the process of developing a wellness practice, building a business, and achieving financial freedom. She hosts a podcast and monthly interactive virtual events with experts who share how they found calm through these modalities. Inside the Find Calm Here community. She offers members a safe space to continue the conversations around her uniquely designed calm method of clarity, awareness, learning, and motion. This process is how Deb paid off $46,000 of debt, left her stressful corporate job, and built an online business during the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. Deb, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carol. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate and value your amazing talent and this podcast as I've been a listener for a while now. Oh, thank you so much, Deb. I so love getting accolades. And it's so wonderful right now. I think this is the perfect timing to have you here on our show in a time of just great need with what seems to be like so much going on, so many changes and shifts occurring in the world right now. More than ever, people are in a state of chaos and need to find a sense of calm. And what you have to offer is certainly a way for them to experience that. I'd love for you to take us back in time, if you would, because we all have a personal story, and I know you do as well. And we have many stories, (laughs) as a matter of fact, across the journey of our life. But what was going on in your life that led you to develop a wellness practice to find calm? Yeah, it's such an imperative question that we all ask ourselves what we feel and how we feel. A few years ago, I wasn't asking these questions. I was kind of just pushing through the day in an automated sense of waking up, pushing myself to get up early, going to the gym, forcing myself to work out, feeling very anxious all the time, 
getting to a, a stressful office job, sitting in my desk in my cubicle on a sales floor with 60 other people in a 65-year-old office and having my phone be ringing off the hook, constantly having emails and, and responding to people and trying to solve problems and help people build their businesses, all while feeling like, I just don't want to do any of this. <laughs> like, this is not what I want my life to be, but not having the clarity of identifying why I was so stressed out and anxious all the time. I just kept pressing that like reset button and just doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it wasn't until like there was one day in December that in 2016 that I was just like, this is ridiculous. I can't keep doing this. I'm not happy. I was 40 pounds overweight. I was in $46,000 of debt. I was feeling tired and exhausted all the time. And I was just not in, a, in, in any kind of a sense happy. I knew that I'd finally got, you know, before that um, job, I had been struggling to pay my bills. And so I knew that being at this job I was at was it really imperative to getting out of debt and becoming financially free. But I was like, oh man, like, is there a way to be happy now? Because I didn't know. I thought I have to wait. I have to wait until I get out of debt. I have to wait until I can get my own place. I can wait. I have to wait until I lose the weight. I have to wait to be happy and a fine calm. And so that kind of in that journey and in that realization going forward, I was like, okay, it has to get better than this. And then that forced me to ask some really hard questions about what am I unhappy with? What do I want? What don't I want in my life? And identifying and figuring out and clearing out all of the things that I don't want in the, in order to find the calm and what I do want in my life. Mm. So that's, a summary of, of kind of wh what I was feeling a couple of years ago. Well, it's interesting when you say you felt like you had to wait, you ha have to wait. Was there a point where you, you didn't necessarily have all the clarity, but that you had to take some action? Or did, did you feel like you needed more clarity? And what process did you go through to before you could take action? Yeah, I, I think what I, I kept thinking was that I didn't know how to be happy or how to be calm. And so part of that was identifying that I'm not happy and I'm not calm and asking the questions of like what that is. And some of it was around my physical space. I had a lot of clutter and boxes of things and I was in a small space, but it was still very cluttered and it wasn't, there wasn't any intentional use of furniture or things like that. So I think when I first started, I had to get rid of the distraction in order to get clear on what I wanted. And then I identified like maybe resources. I started to find resources into finding calm. I started to realize that I don't need to wait. I just need to start. Right. And I think that's the key for many people these days that we can wait forever and ever and ever to get that clarity. But at some point we have to take the action to move forward. So obviously things didn't happen overnight and you had reached critical mass. 
Was there a particular point that there was a tipping point where you knew you had to do something? And was there something going on within your life or your mind at that point in time that tipped you to the other side to take that action? Yeah, at the time I was, like I mentioned, I I found myself in the bathroom stall crying one afternoon after a stressful day in my office. And I had just broken up with my boyfriend at the time. And I had been in this relationship that was just really not serving me and it wasn't serving him. And I wasn't my best self for sure. Mm. And it was, it was also an awakening of, you know, how I acted and how, how I treated myself and how I treated other people and, and in that relationship. And so I realized that I hadn't connected to myself at all. Like I didn't pay attention to what I was feeling in that relationship until it was, you know, until it was over. And, and then I'm like crying for weeks of trying to figure out how did I get here? And so I think through that process of grieving about that life that I thought was going to be with this partner, that I had to find my own path. Because I, I think a lot of it too was when I say waiting, waiting for the right person to come along to be in my life, to share a life with. There was a lot of my life that I just thought, well, I have to wait, I have to lose weight so that I can meet the right partner so that then I can have the life and find the right job. And it was just all of these things that I had to do. And it was like, well, I have to get to one thing after the next. And part of that awakening and awareness was about, I don't need to wait, I need to start. (laughs) And I need to identify what I really want in life and not try to fit my life and my actions into somebody else's desire. Because I think a lot of what I also did was try to please others. Mm. Really just okay, well, how do I make you like me? Um, what do I have to do to make you like me? How much, how much change do I have to make in my life so that you like me? A lot of that kind of thing going on. And um, instead of saying, oh, I actually don't like, for example, I'll give you a good example. Sports. I lived in Pittsburgh. I'm from Pennsylvania. And I live in central Pennsylvania now, but I lived in the western part of the state for about 10 years in Pittsburgh. And they have their big Steelers fans out there. I had no interest in mm-hmm. Penn's Penguins fans for hockey. I had no interest in these sports when I was a teenager and, and things like that. But I went into to college out there and everybody's into these sports. So I'm like, well, I guess I have to be a Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, you know, I spent like a lot of time trying to to like those sports and stuff. But then it wasn't until maybe this period of time in my life when I'm like, you know, I really didn't like sports. I only liked it because I wanted mm. to have some kind of like the frame of reference for other friends and possible partners. They'd be like, oh yeah, I'll watch the Steelers. You know, let's watch the Penguins. That's cool. You know, and have some be able to relate to them in a certain way. And I don't even <laughs> like sports. <laughs> I love that. And it's so funny because I'm sure people, many people like, are like, this sounds like, ridiculous. Why wouldn't you have figured this out much younger point of your life? It took me a long time to come around to really discovering who I am and stepping into the person I really want to be, stopping to pretend being somebody else. Yes. And I think that you're one of the lucky ones because I think there are a lot of people that are running around in their lives and it's just go, 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 go. And they haven't really taken the time or the opportunity to really think about, well, what is really important to me? And do I really care what somebody else thinks or do I have to have all these friends 
you get to a point where you feel like you have to fit a certain mold or fit a certain suit, basically, to fit in when at the end of the day, you end up being miserable and you're not attracting the people, the right people in the right situations and the right experiences in your life because you're trying to fit into something. It's like putting a square peg in a round hole. Mm -hmm. And everybody seems to have the answer, but, and I was like, no, I'll figure it out on my own. And so many people tried to help me on my journey in good ways and bad ways. And, Mm. and now I'm just like, I had to do it myself. That's right. No one knows best but you because you're, you're in your shoes. No one else is walking in your shoes, right? So I applaud you for taking the, uh, having the courage, uh, first of all, to, to do that. And secondly, um, becoming aware of what was happening in your life and taking a stand for yourself, because that's really what you were doing is taking a stand for yourself and uh, moving in the direction that you, and you are trusting your intuition as well, because listening, and what I mean by that is listening to your heart, because your head was saying one thing for so many years, Mm -hmm. but your heart was crying out and saying something else, right? Sure. Yeah. And I, I think each one of us has some kinds of intuition that we're just really not tapping into. And I had been ignoring that, that intuition or those like, you know, those little red flags or things like that about myself or, or whatnot. And coming to the reality of, of things and seeing the number on the scale or the number in your bank account or realizing that like, I'm, I was complaining about time. Like, I don't have time. I just don't have time. Well, I was spending a lot of time on Facebook. I was spending a lot of time at events like football, you know, watching football games or watch, or doing, you know, Netflix things. And, and like, I'm complaining about I don't have time, but then I had a lot of time that I could have used mm. more purposefully and I wasn't choosing to do that. And so I had to get real with myself and be like, well, you're complaining about this thing, mm-hmm. but you're also wasting time in other places and some of the resources that I used, books that I read in the very beginning of that process helped me really let go of those excuses of saying, you don't have time and you're saying, no, you have all the time you need. I just need to create it and use it in an intentional way after I figure out what I want to be doing with my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is probably the learning point that I'd like to share with our listeners is that you do have to tap into and listen to your own internal guidance system and your own internal signals. And uh, especially when it comes to what we want in life and things that we spend our time on, because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. It's just how we choose to, to spend those hours. And it sounds like now you are spending those 24 hours in, a, in much more constructive ways Let's talk a little bit about what you're building with the Fine Calm community and a little bit more about the Calm Method. Would you share your thoughts on that? Yeah, so Fine Calm here, honestly, the origin was a travel blog. And I started it back in 2019 when I was still at my corporate job. And I was working on creating articles and writing stories around mindful destinations of calm. And then I started to realize that at one point, I really liked events. I liked hosting events. I liked uh, having people come over and sharing 
with other people. I've been enjoying going to other people's events. And I'm like, I really want to host some wellness events. So how do I do that? And I thought, well, I could incorporate this idea and concept of mindfulness that I've been really working on incorporating journaling and yoga and meditation and different mindfulness practices into my daily life. I'd been starting to do that every day for the past few years. And I thought, well, I want to share this stuff with other people. Initially, I transitioned it from a travel blog to a community where we met in person. And so Find Calm Here actually started as here is where you can mm. find calm. <laughs> it used to be a destination. Now it's a, a, a creative event. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, this year had a lot of changes none of us ever anticipated because after January, I had a wellness event in my home where uh, we had a focus on like how to have a personal wellness plan. And I helped with some providing some resources around that to people that attended that event. And then I wanted to do a vision board workshop, which is something I am passionate about vision boards and visioning in general and setting intentions using affirmations. And some of the people in my, you know, network in my community of friends and things like that really were excited about learning more about vision boards and wanting to create these and just haven't made time and prioritized this in their life. So I thought, okay, well, I'll have a workshop. But what happened was, is the pandemic kind of changed that plan a little bit. And so when I launched Find Cop Here really was about now I'm switching it to a virtual event. And how do I do that? So I started to really learn about ways to to switch to to hosting virtual events. And I, (laughs) if you would have told me I would have been doing virtual events a year ago, I'd have been like, you're crazy. I don't even know mm-hmm. anything how to do that. So there was a lot of time this year spent on learning technology and trying to find calm with all of those processes. And, and that was a lot of hard, there was a lot of hard things that happened throughout the last year, um, throughout the last nine months that brought us to this moment in, in where, and we're reshifting again with find calm here, but we've had to date, we've had 30 virtual events. Wow. I've had um, different partners lead those events. And next year, there's going to be a lot of different things happening, but I'm really excited about the direction of Find Calm. But the overall set, you wanted me to talk about the Calm Method too, but I just want to give you the background on mm-hmm. an understanding of like kind of the story as far as where it came from. And then once I started doing the virtual events, it was pretty clear that I wanted another space for us to communicate, which is why I created a private community on the Mighty Network platform. Mm-hmm. And that's the Find Calm Here community. So I, I created that community because I knew, for one, I am not a super big fan of Facebook. <laughs> and although I know a lot of people through Facebook on my network, and I connected with people throughout my journey the last couple of years, I wanted to connect on a different platform that was a little bit more private and and less distraction because we're talking about mindfulness. So that's why I chose the Mighty Network platform and I created that community there and really opened that up over the summertime so that people could join and connect with each other. And we have a hundred and hundred and twenty something members now and it's a global community. We have a few uh, people from Ireland and from Mexico and they all kind of connect over this underarching theme of really seeking to find calm and how can we support each other around that that theme. And that's what we talk about in the Find Calm Your Community inside. 
And so then the virtual events are just like a little, maybe a, a sample of experiences that you could incorporate your life. And then we go dive or we deep dive into that in the Find Club Here community. So those, that's the background of like the different ways we kind of connect with people, mm. incorporating the Calm Method into their lives with these different modalities. And the focus has, you know, was very broad because I was just having such a, mm-hmm. a feeling of wanting to share this with everybody. <laughs> and so it's much more clear now that I'm relating to people who are, are wanting to do what I've done as leave corporate life and, mm-hmm. you know, find financial freedom and create that for themselves. So that's why um, I've created this platform to support those, those people who are courageous enough to start on this adventure of finding mindful ways to manage stress as well as finding what they want their ideal life to be and what they what they do really want and what they don't want and how they can create that in their own life. So that's kind of what the purpose of the calm method is. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go into explaining a lot more? Or? Only what you would like to share. And I think it's an interesting combination with the, the clarity, the awareness, the learning and, and the motion. And I think it's pretty much self-explanatory because, you know, clarity is all about realizing and discovering what's most important to you. And awareness, you know, obviously falls into the mindfulness category of being mindful and aware of all the things that are in our lives and what we're doing. And I don't want to read any more into that because, you know, that could even take a a different shift, you know, obviously just in terms of introspection and reflection and meditation and, and can be a very broad category. And then of course you got the learning and everything that you're doing there is providing a platform for people to learn and grow. And then, of course, the motion, that could be physical. It could also be mental and spiritual, right? Yeah, it's for sure. Like I was saying about the clarity, not just to like clear the clutter is one thing we talk about when we're talking about we had speakers come on and talk about minimalism Mm -hmm. or talk about organization. And so clarity could mean clearing the clutter, but it could also mean clarity on what's possible for your life and identifying what limiting beliefs I had mm-hmm. and, and changing that to possibility. My word for the year of 2020 was possibilities. It's so funny because now I look back and I, I'm still working on, on all of these things are, you know, you, you could do this for the next, your, the rest of your life really are, are these kinds of practices that we're talking about and just really reminding yourself daily, even in moments in time that, Things are possible when we have limiting beliefs around where we are at in our journey or where we want to go or what's possible for our lives. And then you talked a little bit about awareness, but I just wanted to to clarify that for me, awareness meant really connecting with my physical body and being aware of my body sensations. And that's kind of also how I worked with mindfulness and started doing the meditation which is what helped me actually gain that awareness around other aspects of my life, like that I wanted to change, not just my body composition, not just losing weight, but also awareness around what's in my life. Like, am I, the friends that are in my life, are they helping me? Are they part of my journey or are they distracting me from my path? And so there's people that in my life that I don't really have a connection with anymore because they just, we're not 
taking me on the right direction of where I wanted to go. And there's people that I brought into my life that I made time for because they're inspiring me and, and, and lighting me up and helping me on this journey of like, oh, this is the way. Oh, this would be so cool. And they're supporting me mm-hmm. in, in the journey. And they're not just standing by and, you know, criticizing or something like that, which is which was what I was experiencing at the time too. Yeah. It's so important to surround yourself with supportive people and not just like, like-minded people, but people who really come from the heart. You know, they may have diverse experiences and different points of view that can help us see things in a different way. But the most important thing is that they are supportive. They're not condescending or bringing you down. You know, you, you want to surround yourself with uh, people and experiences that uplift you. Mm-hmm. And people that are doing things that you admire or that you want to do. I had joined a group two years ago that of, of people that really inspired me. And I thought, wow, if they're doing this, like maybe I can do this. And if I stick around them long enough, maybe I'll be able to do these things. And two years later, I'm learning and doing the same things that they're doing. And I'm trying to create these online businesses and figuring out all the techie stuff that I was like so afraid to even try a couple years ago. Now I'm like learning Mm -hmm. to figure that out. And what is the right path for me is that part of that learning is, okay, how am I sharing my message with the world? And what does that mean for me versus like other people in my life that had a different path because their focus is different than mine? Mm -hmm. Well, and it's also important to point out that our path is never a a direct path from, you know, a straight path from point A to point B. It's always a series of winding twists and, and bends. And that's what keeps it interesting, but at the same time keeps it flexible for us as well and keeps us growing and challenged. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then motion, we have to take some steps, right? Mm-hmm. After we've started to get get into these circles and are learning some things, we have to start to to take action because that's where the real change comes is when you put that action every day as motion forward towards your goals. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's the overall of the of the method and and really what I I've done in my life is take these different mm. things and incorporated them. And that's how I've continued to move on. I think there's a part that I don't mention, which is resiliency and constantly trying things that you know you're going to fail because I keep thinking about, oh, this year, for, for example, I tried so many things and then they just over and over didn't work out the way I envisioned. And it's what you're saying is there's no true path. It's really a windy one. And at the end of this year, the one thing I thought about yesterday, I was on a walk and I thought the one thing I, I know is I'm proud that I tried and that I've tried to build something that was positive mm. in this world because there's a lot of negativity out there. Mm. And at least I could say, even if it didn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> the way I thought it was going to work, mm-hmm. I tried. And I created something that nobody else created. And I tried. And mm-hmm. I wanted to share the light and positivity of how you can find calm and how I can help others. And so if nothing else, I'm proud of 
the work that I did this year with that. Well, you should be. I've seen you grow even over the last few months. Uh, you know, you and I met back in May, and I've seen you grow your community over the last few months. And I just can honestly say you're an amazing person. And I would love for you to share, first of all, do you have a word for next year? Because I, I love the term that you've had this year about all, it's all about possibilities and staying focused on those possibilities. And you've, you actually have done that because you've made several pivots this year to figure out the way forward and to get to where you need to be. But it's never, a, you know, a destination is never just an end point. It's a continual steps along the way. Do you have a word for next year is one question I have, and then I'll ask you another question. It's funny. The the words, uh, word for the year I started basically when I was talking about having this kind of awakening moment, mm. that first word was truth of identifying the truth of what my situation is. And then the the word after that year, the next year, I believe was present and aware. And so just kind of following with what I what I'm saying with with my call method is kind it was kind of created based on the word the words that I chose for my mm. mantra for that year and so then the the last year in 2019 my word was action and I did mm -hmm. so many things I took so much action in my life that it was like, actually it was exhausting by the end of 2019 I was pretty <laughs> tired because I had I had done I challenged myself to do scary things and so in 2019, I went to Mexico. So I took my first international trip. I went to Colorado and climbed the top, uh, the, the summit of a 14,000 foot climb Wow! with my best friend. I went skydiving and jumped out of a plane, a perfectly good plane. Oh my gosh. I don't think I'd ever do that. <laughs> I'm, you're kidding. You really did that, huh? <laughs> I did. It was terrifying. I had a panic attack right before. My best friend's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, you know, I don't know why we have to jump out of a plane. Like, I don't get this right now. I thought it, I was like, maybe I thought you were just joking. And I was just going to go with you. And so I almost, I almost bailed. And she got kind of upset with me. And she's like, well, you know, why are you? Because I was crying. And I had, I had a really hard time with it. But when the shoot, the, the whole time when you're like doing the free fall and you can't breathe, I don't know why they didn't tell me that I wasn't going to like be able to breathe like a normal person. And I didn't really think about that until like it happened. And then like I'd already been having like this panic attack situation. Mm -hmm. And the guy that I was, you know, attached to, because of course I didn't jump like just by myself. You can't do that unless you're super experienced. Oh, no. But the person I was attached to was not the best guide. He was not talkative. He was not funny. He was not anything. It was just like a silent man. And my best friend had funny guy. And I was like, why can't I have funny guy? Like, I really need funny guy before we're jumping out of a plane. But oh, I just think <laughs> this is crazy. I love it. Sorry, I like went, went off on a tangent. But I, anyway, when I when the parachute opened, and then he started talking about how great everything is. And He's, this is like his 4,000th jump, and he goes base jumping for fun on the weekends. And I was just like, well, I did it. I came. I saw. I jumped. I landed. Never again. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and then, you know, I challenged myself to learn how to kayak because I had had an experience in 2018 where I fell out of a kayak and spent about two hours in the Susquehanna River in Harrisburg here trying to get back to shore. And it was a really terrifying experience, really. And so then I challenged myself, instead of saying, I'm never going to go kayaking again, mm -hmm. I ended up challenging myself to go kayaking and learned how to kayak by experts. I did a, a weekend where I spent two days learning how to kayak. And then that wasn't enough for me because then I had to go and become a river rafting guide. I ended up spending six weeks training and then became a river rafting guide last summer. Oh my goodness. I was taking massive action last year in my life. And then this year I was like, okay, I'm going to create I left my corporate job in December of 2019. It was almost a year ago that I walked away from a steady salary in a corporate life. And, you know, thinking I was going to create my own revenue and have all these amazing things happen, which, you know, I have built a lot of different things, but I had no idea that this year the possibilities word was going to really come into play. And I think as I'm you're challenging me because I haven't really identified a word for next year yet. But what I'd really like, and I, it's really overused, so I'd like to come up with a different one. But be, being put on the spot, <laughs> I'm going to come up with authentic, mm. being more authentic in my own life. Because I think what I've discovered is that building a community around finding calm is, is an amazing thing. But I struggle every day to find calm in my own life. Mm. And if I could work more on living that authentic life in my daily personal life and with people I interact with on a daily basis, mm -hmm. which is what I struggle with right now, I think if I could do that more often and find more calm in these relationships that I have in my life mm. and living more authentically, I think that's going to be, because typically what the word for me is, it's not like. It's a challenge. It's more of like, okay, do you accept the challenge? <laughs> so that that would be my long-winded answer to your question about the word. I'm glad that you shared the previous words from previous years because that really speaks just miles about who you are and where you, you know where you've come from. And I think that one of the things that you are doing that even though you know, you're, you're having difficulty finding calm every single day. You're a, what I would refer to as a leading learner. You're learning as you as you go, and you're leading others. And you have learned a lot along the way, and you're sharing a lot of that. But also, you're bringing a lot of collaborative resources to the table to help others. In essence, you really are serving a greater purpose. And you are living authentically with all of your intentions. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, so true that using my own resources that I'm creating for everybody else, I, I, I kind of refer to Find Calm here as like this one place that if five years ago somebody had said, hey, Deb, there's a place for all these resources and you don't have to search the internet for hours and weeks and months like I've done. <laughs> it's all right here for you. There's a lot of really great resources in one spot. That's what the, that was my goal for Find Calm here was to really help somebody by bringing all these ways to find calm into one space and to inspire because, you know, not everybody finds calm in using a journal or setting an affirmation or an intention. 
but in a combination. And that's where I really found worked for me the best is like designing my own path to finding calm. It's possible because you you start with like identifying, you clarify, you get awareness, you learn a little bit about what you want to incorporate in your life. I didn't have a meditation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know really what meditation practices were before I learned about them. And then I started to practice them. And that's motion can also be another term for practicing because we're just practicing. That's why they say like yoga practice, meditation practice, because it's a constant, mm -hmm. a constant building of that habit of mm -hmm. awareness and, and practicing those modalities. That's right. That's right. And each person is different. And what you're providing is the resources for people to explore and try, try some new things and experience and take the time to see what does work and then create their own pattern of or practices that are going to work for them. And it, nothing is cast in concrete because we're constantly evolving. I know that my practices shift and evolve as I grow and evolve. And I, I had, I like to incorporate new things in my day that will keep me on track with being more mindful, being more aware, being more focused on what I'm doing and what I'm trying to accomplish and being the best person that I can be in my life. And I, I think that you've got a combination of things that work for you. And, and I think the beauty of what you're developing is you're creating it, creating a lot of things as you go, and you want it to continue to evolve. Uh, you don't want it to, to stagnate because the more that it, that it evolves, you know, what, what the business looks like this year could look very different next year based on the, the circumstances of what you know, what we're faced with and what the opportunities are that we see and that we explore and act on. I hope they, and I hope they, they do change. I hope things do change. And, mm. and my goals are to, to help more people. And what's funny, you know, having this thing, imposter syndrome of feeling like I'm not, you know, who's validating, who's qualifying me, you know, um, to be certain things. I think that I had a lot of parts of my life and we talked a little bit earlier about it, but like, having this feeling of like, well, who's going to listen to what I have to say? And I think now I'm, I've worked with you and, and a couple people in our, in our mastermind over the last couple months. And I've really started to step into this leadership role that I always knew I wanted to be a leader mm -hmm. of groups and, and do coaching. I just haven't, you know, found my right way of like doing that. And so with, with Find Calm Here and what I've been doing with within the community here, I've just, I started to really take ownership of that is that I actually have something that people want to learn about and I can actually teach people. And I, I don't think I had that um, confidence before this year. I think this year I really stepped into that leadership role in, in so much of a way that I, that like I validated my experiences of all of the things I mentioned about you know, doing scary things and putting myself out there, writing consistent blogging for an entire year every week, which is what I did the other year. Just, try, you know, showing up. I, one of my friends said, the one thing that you do is show up and you're consistent. Mm. And that's hard to find. You know, you, you go on these events, like we've had events in our groups and mm -hmm. the people that show up constantly, you notice them. Mm-hmm. 
it means that they're committed. I have a, a few other questions. One that I wanted to, as you were sharing mm -hmm. all the things that you have learned and done, I mean, the action, the massive action that you've taken massive action. You should be very proud of all the things that you've done and what you've learned. And, and you are a leader in, in everything that you're doing to be able to share it with others. If there was a, a personal philosophy or a mantra that you live by, what, what would that be and how have you applied it in your life? The uh, quote I just posted in the Find Calm Here community, I think yesterday was something I've always felt I aligned with. It was the Maya Angelou quote. Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. And I, I've learned that people will for, forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Oh, I, I know that quote. And I really loved that. And it's really something of I've always wanted to create a welcome, warm space physically in, in my home and in my life with the people who matter the most to me. And then when I created a Find Calm Here community, my goal was that everybody feels welcome and that everybody feels heard. And that's why I gave a virtual event platform because it's not, it's not a workshop where, you know, you just listen to somebody the whole time um, and then maybe there's Q and A. The, the whole point of the virtual event that I wanted to create and that we create with our community is having that ability mm -hmm. that you can ask the, the person on this call, wherever they are and wherever you are, we bring you together in this one space and you can be heard. Your question, your concern, your problems, your struggles, your wins, your successes, we can celebrate them and we can help support you in that virtual event. Mm -hmm. And that's a unique thing. I, you know, it's new, this whole idea, you know, podcasts is, is just that you listen, right? And to connect with somebody in a live space, and this is kind of what I did in the beginning of this year, was I started being on Zoom calls where I'm connecting and, and interacting with people that are people I admire and respect and that have welcomed me into their space. And I wanted to create that same thing. And so that, if nothing else, I would want people to always feel that I helped them feel calm or helps them feel positive because I would never want, and I know that I've done this in my lifetime, but I would never want to intentionally hurt somebody or, or have them feel like I don't feel they're valued or important. Because mm -hmm. I know what that's like. I know what that feels like. Oh, that's uh, definitely a, a commendable quality and something that we all need to pay more attention to and that we just don't have enough of in this world right now. I have just a, you know, a couple of other parting questions. One is just a fun one. Uh, if you had a genie in the bottle and only one wish, what would that be? To stop wishing. <laughs> <laughs> to stop wishing for something and go create it. Uh, um, I think that when you my early 20s, I didn't do much in my life in my early 20s. It wasn't until I was 30, <clears throat> I lost 100 pounds. And I, I gained this clarity of what, what my life really was. And I started living in my, in my 30s is when I started living, really, truly. And mm. of course, then that path twisted and turned. But I think that I had this idea of when 
and if, and if I had the magic pill, and if I had this. And I wish I would just not ever think about it like in that way and have a different perspective. I wish my gift to myself would be create it. Don't wish it. I love that. Because it's possible. And the belief that it's possible, I think, is the biggest thing because your thoughts drive your actions. So you have to be believe before you can actually take the action. So having the belief that it's possible, I think. And having the, the faith to see it through. Definitely. Hmm. What advice would you have for others to rise up to their loving and heart-centered highest self? It's hard to do the work because it seems like a lot of work to get clear on what you want in your life. And sometimes it's just easier to ignore these like red flags that keep coming up or like, I should do this or I should do that. I would just challenge everyone, including myself, to, you know, to listen to the, our, our intuition and say, okay. If this food doesn't make me feel good, why do I keep eating it? <laughs> if this if this activity isn't something I enjoy, why do I keep doing it? Mm -hmm. If there's something that brings me joy, how can I do that more? How can I incorporate these positive things into my life? When it's like you know, I love going uh, hiking and being mm -hmm. out on the outdoors and nature just really makes my creativity flow and and everything. And I was going to a gym and no wonder I was miserable <laughs> because I was in this dark, sweaty gym. It smelled like gym socks or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I don't have to go to the gym. I can just do a hike in the morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why did I try that three years? You know, it's just those kinds of things. I would just say tap into like really what you love and That's do right. more of that and do less of what doesn't bring you joy. We talked in our group this week about return on investment what's bringing what's bringing you the joy what's bringing you mm -hmm. that wealth uh, wealthier healthier happier life exactly and this really listening to your intuition really plays into the two components of your method which is clarity and awareness mm -hmm. i think that's a, a a great way to close our our session today how can people or where can people learn more about you? Yeah, so our website is findcalmhere.com. That's the best place to go right now. There's going to be a lot more changes happening inside our Find Calm Here community. And you can get in and join the Find Calm Here community too. It is free to join. And so if you press the join button from that findcalmhere.com website, you'll, you'll be actually in our community. And that's where you have the... Um, events like the zoom links to the events and that's where all of our content is going to be living in that community space beautiful well i'll be sure to make sure that in our show notes that we have all of this documented everyone knows and we'll have links so that everyone knows uh, where to go and they can get right into your community and join perfect i just want to thank you so much deb for sharing your story and sharing what you have learned and and what you're doing in the world you're doing some great stuff well thank you and i appreciate you having me on and letting me chat a little bit about my story and i've really enjoyed us chatting over the past few months and i can't wait to see what happens for your community and mine and and all of us doing amazing things in the world in the next in the next year. It's going to be an exciting world. Thank you. Um, I'm just really looking forward to it. To all of you listeners out there, I just want to thank you for tuning your hearts in again. This has been a great session today. 
And I hope that everything that you do in your life, you do it from your heart-centered self. And I also just want to remind everyone that we have launched our first course, Heart Resonance Primer, which is currently underway right now. And we've got the course open for the wait list for after the first of the year, if you're interested in joining. But a little bit about that. It's a course to create coherence in your life through a series of daily habits and practices around how you care for your mind and body and to live a heart-centered life. So with that said, I will let you go for today and we look forward to having you back on our next show and just have a wonderful heart-centered day. Thank you. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up and may all that you love thrive.